With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Off the Bench NRL with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. All the big news and views from a big week in footy. Can't wait for your cancer? You don't have to. In stock now. See your Fuso dealer today. Uh, hello, welcome to it. Another edition of Off the Bench. Well, it's just Jason Matthews uh, today because Sats is away. Although, although uh, Sats and the Rat were on fire this week with Sports Day. Plenty going on with uh, Sports Day. Some big topics around at the moment. There's there's hair pulling, there's Jack White, and there's Payne Haas, there's Rugby Union. There's everything going on. This It's so big. Uh, this week we have Wallabies props, speaking of which... James Slipper uh, spoke to Sats and Rat during the week about the new Eddie Jones era as they prepare for the World Cup and his thoughts on Joseph Suali'i uh, joining Rugby Union. Uh, I wanted the boys had a chance to ask him about all the sushi they ate. Uh, the Warriors are flying high after seven rounds in the NRL as back rower Joshy Curran caught up with myself and Sats uh, during the week as well. And three burning questions, plus Chris Nelson from Racing Queensland will be joining us as well. He's got some tips for Doombin. But let's kick off this week's Off the Bench, the one and the only from the Wallabies in Camp Wallaby on the sunny Gold Coast at Century Cove. Not bad. Not bad at all if you can get it. Wallabies prop, James Slipper. Slipper! Slipper! James Slipper! It's taken 94 games, but James Slipper finally, finally has a try for Australia. And you can see and hear from the reaction of his teammates there. They've possibly set that move up specifically to give him a try. Yes, the Wallabies are about to enter a new era. And you heard there, right, that James Slipper, the one of the stalwarts of the Wallabies, he's played over 100 tests now. 127 tests for oh, the Wallabies. Rat, how many Australians have played more than 100 tests? Oh, gee, that's a good question. I, mate, it's, it's not many. Look, it's a, Well, it's he's the 13th. A, it's, a, it's a milestone. Yep. It, it certainly is. And it's a... And, Mate, it's a it's a it's a tough gig where he plays too up up front. So and it took him yeah. ninety odd tests to score his first. Doesn't test surprise try. me. Just exactly. seeing the size of him. <laughs> yeah. Now, as I said, they're about to enter a new era under the new coach Eddie Jones, and it, currently the Wallabies are in a camp at Sanctuary Cove on the Gold Coast. And James Slipper joins us on Sports Day. How are you, James? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. No, sorry to take you off the topic of the Wallabies at the moment. We we're reading the news this afternoon of Brad Thorne stepping down as. As of this year, the sixth year as uh, the Reds coach, that's a bit of a shock. Yeah, it, uh, I only just saw that then. Um, yeah, big shock. Obviously, six years in the in the job, and um, yeah, I'm sure it's pretty disappointing. Uh, it turned out like that, but you know, he's done a great job for that team. Mm. Yeah, tough man, tough man. Now, camp on the Gold Coast, uh, first time with with Eddie Jones since coming back to to the Wallabies. Um, how long are you on the Gold Coast, and what's the first training camp been like so far? Uh, we're on the three days we're in camp um, up here at Century Cove. So, um, so far it's been great. Um, but it, obviously a new coach coming in and there's a bit of anxiety throughout the playing group. Um, it's always the case when there's a new coach, let alone Eddie Jones. So um, it's been good. It's 
been really good actually. Five teams joining into one, um, just about getting around and you know connecting with new players, new staff, and I guess hitting the ground running. Yeah, mate. Look, you've been around for a while, Slip, and uh, it's a credit to you, mate, because you, you've looked after yourself and mate, you, you you made your test debut in 2010. So you you played under Robbie Deans and Ewan McKenzie and Michael Checker, David Rennie, and now you're about to go into a new era with Eddie. Have you noticed just on on face value being in camp? Have you noticed anything different, um, Eddie's persona, or you know, as he as he as he sort of struck fear into any players? What's the talk <laughs> been like before you got into camp amongst the boys? Uh, well, before the camp, mate. As I, as I said, like there's a bit of anxiety. Um, Eddie's got that aura about him, um, you know, not just in the rugby community, but I guess in, in the sporting landscape, he's he's well known to be, you know, a tough a tough coach, and you know, I, I guess when you when you're a player, especially the new players coming in, <laughs> there's a fair few nerves rolling around. So, um, yeah, mate, but the boys have really enjoyed it. He's been great, it's, uh, you know, breath of fresh air and and something new. So we've been working pretty hard the last two days and. Um, I think the biggest thing that he's brought is just a lot of excitement of what's in front of us and, and that, you know, we're working towards, you know, some big opportunities this year and, and in the coming years. So, um, you know, it's going to be a good a good period for Australian rugby. We're just going to make sure we, we do our bit. It must be refreshing, but James, at 33 over, you know, 120-odd uh, caps for the Wallabies, but it must be refreshing to be at 33 and still find an, another challenge and that challenge comes from... You know, a new coach, and it, it always makes you better, even though you're getting towards you know the, the back end of your career. Yeah, so it definitely gets harder, mate. Um, <laughs> and you know that both you too. So, um, yeah, look, I I knew what I was in when I came into the camp. I knew it was going to be tough, and being 33, so, um, <laughs> it doesn't it's not getting easier. But uh, <laughs> mate, there's that many young players coming in now who are just absolutely loving it. Um, and you know, as an old player, you kind of feed off that, and you really enjoy. Um, seeing the new blokes come in, new players come in, and they're just, oh, you know, it's a dream come true for a lot of those players. So it's, um, you know, I still get a kick out of that when I see when I see the excitement throughout the squad. Um, and, and for myself, like, obviously a new coach, it's, it's like kind of, a, you know, first day at school again. So um, there's a fair bit of excitement. Yeah, mate. I just wanted to ask you about one. Well, well, well. I guess all the rookies. How have they? How how have they been in camp? And I guess you've said that there, there was a lot of excitement going in, and they've handled all right. But Max Jorgensen, I wanted to ask you about him. I remember when I came into camp. When I when I came into a camp, when I was um, you know at the back end of my rugby career, a young fellow by the name of Quade Cooper came into camp. He was seventeen years old, and he was a talk of you know the rugby circles and stuff. And I was really shocked at how confident and, and how well he handled himself coming into camp. You've been around a lot of players, you know, obviously playing for as long as you have. You've been around a lot of young players that have come in. How has is, how is young Max handled himself? There's, you know, obviously a lot of pressure on him. There's a bit of hype around him. Uh, how has he handled the camp, mate? And how are, the, how are they all going, the young fellas? Oh, Max, he scores tries like me, mate. Um, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he's phenomenal. He's, he's, quite, he's quite a quiet um, bloke. But you know he's got that I guess that um, that subtle confidence that a lot of really great guys have. So he's come in, he's not afraid to speak up and, and use his voice, which is not that common, especially in today's sort of rugby environment. It's you know a lot of players find it very daunting to come in and 
and to speak up in front of older players and you know Eddie Jones, for example. So he's come in, and not just him, a lot of the new players have come in and um, grabbed the bull by the horns, mate. And they've been, uh, yeah, they've been standouts really. So I've been really impressed with them. Yeah. Well, that's great, mate. I mean, I've got to ask you. I mean, this rugby has just been in the headlines that much over the last month or so. What, what is, how has the playing group uh, reacted um, in relation to the uh, Joseph Sawley signing? Is there excitement amongst the team? Is there a bit of angst about it? I mean, I know when I came over, um, you know, there was a little bit of, uh, you know, you despised, a, yeah, yeah. A, a lot of players were, were happy. I'd played with a lot of them at schoolboy level, but I'm sure behind the scenes there were a few sort of like screwing their nose up a little bit, but it's a big signing for the game, mate. And, and are you going to hang on long enough to get to be able to play with him? <laughs> <laughs> mate, that's the question. I don't think so, mate. But, um, mate, someone of his calibre to come into the game, you, you've seen what it's done with the, I guess, the media coverage that we've had. Mm. Um, and from a player's perspective, mate, we, we want the best rugby players playing in the jersey. and That's where we're going to be at our strongest. And, you know, he's got a rugby background. That's what we want to see. So for us as a group, we understand that we need, a, we need to play well. And for us to play well, we need our best players out there. Um, and he's an extremely gifted, talented athlete. So, you know, he's only going to help. Um, but, you know, that's a couple of years away now. So we've got to, we obviously got the World Cup this year, and that's something that, it's probably more of our focus immediately. Yeah, James, of course, uh, Hooper took a three-month uh, break um, and you were named skipper and you've stood for many national anthems in your time. But what was it like for a, a kid that went through TSS on the Gold Coast, played Australian schoolboys, makes his debut in 2010 as a Wallaby and then not only did you get to stand for a national anthem, but you get to stand as the captain. How much did that mean to you and your family? Oh, it's a proud moment. Um, I guess barring the circumstances, losing Hoots was um, that was a pretty tough moment for not only me but the group um, entirely. So um, besides that, it was just you know I guess to lead the boys out and, and the country, uh, especially for that first time, was yeah a proud moment. Something I forget, and um, I just had this humbling feeling I guess when I was out there um, that I had to do a job not only for the team. But I wanted to do a job for Hoops as well. He was going through a pretty tough time at the um, at the time. So um, it's something I won't forget, that's for sure. Yeah, well said, well said. Now, I'm looking at a lot of the profiles. Nick White is always one that's really intrigued me. He says his height's 176 centimetres. That's got to be a lie. Well, that's a lie. Yeah. And secondly, the moustache he's moustache. got. Moustache, I love it. Honestly, it's back in the 1800s. Now, <laughs> can you confirm or deny that he uses product in that? <laughs> I can confirm he dies of it. He's like me, mate. He's getting long in the tooth, so uh, he's hanging on a bit. Um, but, mate, one thing I, 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 I actually found a photo of him the other day without a moustache, and he's not the best looking bloke, so I think it's actually done much. <laughs> he's covered up. Mate, there are a lot of characters in rugby union, but one of the characters in your squad, he's not actually a player, Chris Webb, Webby, he's the manager. And yeah. mate, he is one of the best. Mate, is he is he still carrying on? And he's still using all these little voices and stuff. Is he still one of the boys? Mate, he's one of the all time greats. Yeah. He is. He's probably you know those guys who are just the glue in in squads. That's, yep. that's Webby, mate. Yeah, yeah, nice one. Well, mate, we're uh, we're super excited about you know what's to come. I mean, like like we've mentioned, rugby's been on the front pages. Um, well, the back you know the back page. First up for the first time in a very long time. I guess it's it's just about um, you guys doing the work on the field to keep it there. Uh, is that the goal? It's just to to make sure that rugby's on the back pages for the right reasons. 
Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, we've spoken about what's in front of us and uh, I guess the milestones that we can hit. Um, but we also need to know how we're going to get there and that's probably what we're working on now from day one yesterday. Um, we understand there's got to be a lot of hard work um, and, and we need results essentially. So a um, bit of a pressure cooker later in the year with the World Cup and I think I think just the general excitement in the group is is positive and yeah we're pretty keen to rip in yeah i guess without a huge um change in personnel slip like i mean that there isn't enough players to have a massive clean out and bring in a whole heap of new players so you know bringing eddie in it must be like a real uh, like almost like a holiday sort of season for you guys it's like wow we got this big change and you know we can jump on the back of you know the experience of eddie and learn from him and you know do something pretty special because i mean Every rugby fan knows that when you guys perform at your best, you can compete with anybody on the on the world stage. Is is that belief within the group? Oh, definitely. Yeah, mate, spot on. Like when when we're at our best, we we're not only will compete with the best teams, but we think we we can put them to the sword. So the key for us is obviously to play well, number one, but also to have our best players out there. We're last couple of years, you know, we've gone through a horror injury toll. We had to blood us. Fairfield players who have now got a lot, a lot more experience. Um, so we've got the cattle um, and, you know, we've got the coach. We're just going to go out there and implement it. Yeah, nice. So you're saying you want to see them on the back pages. You don't want to see on the front pages James Slipper goes crazy in the cross one, mate. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, no, I don't think that'll happen. You don't want to see that? <laughs> no, okay. no, 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 I don't Slipper and I, uh, mate, what I want to see is James Slipper and Matt Rogers takes down Bob Griggs again at the Glades Golf Course. Uh, we, we, we play a bit of golf out at the Glades and, uh, and, and Slip um, yeah, and I have played together out there. A bit. Absolutely but, uh, carried you that day. Oh, please. Yeah. He hit one good shot on the oh, 18th. Don't get him started. <laughs> one don't good get shot. Started. Mate, you can't live on one shot, mate. Come on. Please. <laughs> oh, I can, mate, and that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, James Slipper, it's been a pleasure in those 127 tests for the Wallabies, but you're not finished yet because we can't wait to see what's next for the Wallabies, especially coming up to the World Cup. Uh, thanks for taking time out in your camp to join us on Sports Day. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. This is Off The Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. Rocco Berry. Nicarima. He'll bomb again. Out Saab's way. He times his leap. He's up. It's cut loose. Curran is there. Curran has gone over for the Warriors. Yeah, that was his first try in the NRL sats. Quick trivia for you. Good who, player, this kid. Who was it against? His first try? Yeah. For who, the Warriors? Yes. This year or in his career? No, in his career. 2019, he went over. Um, I'm going to say West Tigers. Nah, it was... Who was it, Josh? It was nearly 2021. There you go. At Brookvale. Did you win that game at Brookie? Uh, no, I've... Bro, we were leading like 30, 30 to 6, and um, Turbo just absolutely killed us. <laughs> oh, he does that. He, yeah, he does that to teams, doesn't no. he? Josh Curran, uh, who's the uh, a back rower for the Warriors, having a great year. I tell you what, former Marylands Ram Jr. Sats, uh, two tries in five games this season. He's in red-hot form, Satsy. Yeah, good player. Love watching you play, Josh. And... Um, a little bit of a, a throwback back rower you are. You, know, you see a lot of back rowers now that are six foot three, six foot four, but 
the guys like yourself and Victor Radley and Cam Murray keeping the small forwards <coughs> going. Um, now, what I've got to say, Josh, yeah, I mean, seeing Mount Smart Stadium last week, he was absolutely rocking. It must have felt great as a player. Oh, yeah. A full Mount Smart Stadium, honestly, it's... Um, it, I think it only fits like 28,000, but honestly, it feels like there's about 50,000 there. The crowd um, really getting into it. So, um, yeah, we, we love going to Mount Smart and um, getting packed crowds. We can, yeah, we can really feel it on the field. What's it like with the team, the way they're travelling, Josh? And I suppose seeing how many people were at the stadium the other day and how excited they were, obviously that's what the reflection of what the community is like at the moment around Auckland. Everyone's obviously jumping on uh, while the, the club is is moving along the way you are at the moment? Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's good, I guess. Yeah, I guess it helps that we're winning. <laughs> but, um, no, yeah, having, having the crowd there, yeah, it honestly helps us. And, um, yeah, we've been saying it all year. We were such a different team this year. Um, Roby's came on board and he's changed a lot of things up. He's made us real resilient. And I think you could see that on the weekend. They had about um, 20, 20 tackles on our line. And, um yeah, yeah, we're just real resilient this year, and we're such a different team. Well, he he talked about that, didn't we? Spoke we spoke to him a couple of times in the preseason sats, and and Andrew Webster, coach, actually said we're going to work hard on defence. And I, I watching that game of the week, and I thought your defence was outstanding against the Cowboys. It's the most glaring improvement. Yeah, and it's obviously what you focused on the most. Is that right, Josh? Yeah, hundred percent. So when Webby first came uh, came in, he um, pretty much gave us the details of what we wanted to work on in preseason. But he said defence was a big one. Um, it was mainly for yeah all the boys that um, you know, last year when we made an error, we would put our heads down and um, probably, yeah, I guess just suck about it and um, get the negativities out there. But um, this year, yeah, when we make an error, we, we go, what's next? And, um, yeah, you can really see that on the field. Yeah. Now, when you talk about happiness, you know, if you've got a happy home, you've got a happy life, you play better rugby league. And the Kiwi born and bred boys being home full-time now after being on the road for so long, away from families and schooling and their extended families, do you think that's also maybe played a bit of a role on the performances to date so far? They're a little bit more settled with their life? Yeah, being, being back in NZ really helps. And, um, yeah, all, all the boys over here, I think it's yeah a New Zealand thing and um, Islander thing is like families are massive to them. And, um, yeah, they, they get a bit lost without family, as, as we all do. But, um, yeah, being back home really helps. Josh, have you still got that uh, old Nissan? Uh, because it was parked. Have a listen to this. That before COVID hit, he parked his car. Now, correct me if I'm wrong with this. Parks his car at Warriors headquarters. Comes over to Australia. Two years later, it's still parked there. All of his possessions. Is that true? Sitting in the car, including a TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so when we um, when I first moved over here, I just bought I just bought a car to get around and um, when COVID hit they said we'll be over there for six weeks so I was like oh I'll just park it at the stadium <laughs> and um, I'll, I'll come pick it back up and um, two years later the car's still there so um, the, the people the office people were actually asking like wondering whose car it was and they've got to get it towed <laughs> and they just I don't know why but they just never got it towed and um, when we came back here for our first game against um, Tigers um, one of the office ladies had my keys and they were like, oh, they 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 were like surprised it was still my car, oh. but um, I actually sold that car, so um, got it all serviced up and um, sold it. Did it did it start straight away when you got the keys? 
No, no, no. The battery was the battery was dead. I had to change the battery over and get it all serviced. So, um, yeah, one of the guys around the corner from our workplace um, actually helped me out there. Had mould on the wheels. I read a report. It was an, an old 2005 Nissan. Would have been dropping oil everywhere, no doubt about it. Yeah, there, there was mould around the the wheels. I think the two front rails were flat. Um, so yeah, it was it was a big job. Hey, um, so you moved, who'd you, who'd you move out with? Because that's the reason why you had all your belongings in the car, because you just moved out, though, too, didn't you? You were living with a couple of players. Yeah, so so when I first moved over here, I moved into the Warriors' house for about um, probably about four weeks, and um, my best mate, Jackson Fry and Kyle Lawton were here. And, um, they yeah, they just said pretty much come in our place, so I packed up all my stuff, and I was living with them for about a year, then COVID hit, and, um, yeah, we... we told our um, landlord that we were only going to be six weeks and <laughs> two years later. <laughs> oh. So who are you living with now? Are you living with any players now? <laughs> nah, it's just me and my partner. So we're just, yeah, we've got a um, nice little two bedroom and one bathroom. So Richard's good. And a new car. Yeah. No, <laughs> now, and, a new, uh, yeah, yeah, and, a, and a Mazda. Yeah, <laughs> yourself and Dallin Watini Zelezniak. Who's winning in the mullet stakes? Oh, this is... Oh, he, nah, nah I've got to go Dow. He's, he's got... Um, yeah, his hair's real curly. It's thick, isn't he, it? He's lucky. Hey? Yeah, it is thick. It yeah. is thick. You haven't had it pulled during the game, have you yet? Like this that's the big story this week, isn't it? Yeah. Have you had your hair pulled if you got a mullet? Nah, nah, but um I wear the headgear so it's kinda of protected, but I feel like yeah. We're kinda yeah, we if it gets pulled with our own fault, we're growing it, you know what I mean? There you go. There you go. Now, um, are you used to the cold yet? I know because it was broken up for two years, being over in Australia for COVID, and, but being there, what, this is your, you know, since 2019, four years. Are you used to the cold yet? Yeah. No. Honestly, you can't get used to New Zealand cold. It's, um, I reckon I reckon the worst one is is when you run out for an 8 o'clock game, <laughs> you run out for warm-up and it's that cold. <laughs> Yeah, my wife's a Kiwi. She never gets used to it. Um, okay, we're going to put you through the blowtorch now. Okay, Josh, it's uh, short answers about your teammates. Okay, if you had, we asked this to all our guests that come on, our, and our old guests. If you had two tickets to the best event in the world, let's just say it's the Super Bowl, you've got one ticket and you can only take one other teammate. Who is it and why? Oh, that's a hard one. Uh, I don't know, probably Shawnee. He'd have a good time, but he might—he might be the answer to my uh, my next question. Who's the best dancer? Um, no, nah, Dallin actually—he's got some dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's the most annoying teammate? The one teammate you love to be able to mute, put on mute for twenty-four hours. Oh, probably Freddie Lussick. He um, he's just like a little pest. <laughs> it, it was it was jazz, but Freddie's yeah, Freddie's really taken over it. Okay, now one of the funniest teammates. So if you had to go to a comedy, like some sort of comedy club, and one of your teammates had to get up on stage and entertain the crowd for ten to fifteen minutes, who would it be? Um, oh, there's a couple. Probably, if oh, probably Adam, Adam Jazz or Bailey. Adam Fanil Blake looks. He looks too scary to be funny. But <laughs> <laughs> where oh, you reckon people man, are just scary, but he's he's the biggest kid. <laughs> he's the biggest kid, but he's scary. Okay, uh, the f- last one. Who's the first player to leave Mad Monday? First player to leave Mad Monday. And you can't say yourself. Um, so. No, I'm the last one, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. They're big drinkers over here. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I honestly can't answer that one. I don't know. What's the uh, beer question you ask everyone, Sats? Uh, spates uh, or? Drink spates, lose your mates. Is it spates or DB for you? No, I drink, um, yeah, I think it's called spates or the Tigers. Yeah, spates. I don't, I don't want much beer selection over here. <laughs> Hey, Josh, good luck this week. Mate, who you got this week? I should have looked this up, uh, but I forgot. Who you got this uh, week? Melbourne, Day. Oh, yeah, Melbourne. Famous Tuesday game. Of course. Yeah, very emotional yeah. game. It's, a, it's a, one of the great so. days on the calendar. Yeah, beauty. All right, mate. Listen, good luck with that. And, hey, thanks for spending some time with us tonight on Sports Day. Thanks for having me. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. Okay, three burning questions. Get it done with Toolkit Depot this Easter. Daddy Vass. Boys, huge talking point from the weekend. Tyson Frizzell got in a bit of hot water there. He's uh, he's had a reach out for Jerome Luai. Had a reach around, did he? He's got a reach around and he's been penalised for a hair pull. What are your thoughts, boys? Uh, firstly, play the – can you get the commentator's call there, Daddy Vass? Yeah, yeah, we got that. He had a hold of the jersey. He had no doubt some hair, but he had jersey as well. That's a tough one, boys, when they've got long hair like that. I mean, Tyson Frizzell's just trying to grab the jersey. I mean, you you roll the wild haircut, sometimes they're going to get older. Yeah, so this is quite contentious. I mean, I think the majority of the sporting fans or rugby league fans are saying if you're going to wear hair that long, it's going to be pulled at some stage, especially because the dot jerseys are so tight these days. Not like the days when Rat wore a jersey that you could just ragdoll him <laughs> with. But you're trying to grab hold of any bit of material when you're, when you're trying to clutch at the tackle. And if the hair's going to be there down the back of your neck, especially on the jersey, covering the top sponsor, really, of the back of the mm. jersey, it's always – it's incidental. It's not – it doesn't mean it, Tyson Frizzell. You see actually grab no, some and we of know, the jersey. We know that, Sats, but what, it, what it's created – is a is a nightmare of a situation. Yeah. Right. Like the, the rule in the NFL, if their hair comes out of the helmet and covers their name, it is considered part of the jersey. Mm. So if it gets grabbed, bad luck. Yep. Um, do we need to go to something like that? I mean, there are there are other players in the game with long hair. Like look at Marty Tapu. Yep. From from Brisbane. Well, the hair bears when I played it with Joey Nullivar and Tony Portillo, they had it pulled all the time. Yep. And look, it's not that, and it, like players aren't going out there to try and pull your hair. But if it gets in the way of of, of a game that's as physical as we are, like if you've got long hair, it's going to happen. You know, if someone grabs hold of your hair and just reefs it for the sake of just being a pain in the ass, mm. penalty, absolutely. Yep. But when it's incidental, it's pretty difficult. Now, from today's NRL briefing from Graham Annesley, he, he was questioned by this, and he addressed it. And this is what he had to say. Uh, the referee's in a no-win position here. Absolute no-win position. The referee ignores what he sees there. He's accused of allowing another, a player to pull another player's hair. I understand the argument where people say, well, he's got long hair, so if you've got long hair, you've got to expect that at some point it's going to get pulled. But he's not the only player in the competition with long hair. You know, we've got the NRW competition as well. It would be ridiculous for us to say, well, if you've got long hair, then you have to expect that it's going to be pulled at some point. Can I say, Jerome Luai wasn't complaining about getting his hair pulled also. I think he expects to get his hair pulled at some stage, whether it's incidental or not. The NRLW is an interesting one. And even when you watch the Super Netball, you know, the hair is braided. It's it's tightly, yeah. tightly knotted well, they're together. They're professional so athletes. See, they put their hair up to, so it doesn't affect their performance. Yeah. The real, I don't agree with Graham Annesley there. It's like the, the referee's in a no-win situation. If he doesn't call a penalty there, I reckon most 
most uh, – there'd be more people saying good call than saying not good call. Right now, he's got everybody saying that it's a horrible call. Now, when you look at the footage that he's talking about, he's talking about it from the, the, the view that the referee had. He, and, right. and the view that you see, the slow motion, is, is you see Tyson Frizzell trying to grab him from behind. His head goes backwards. And he said from that angle, he can't see that he's got his jersey. But he can't see he's got his hair either. So with his head going backwards, that could be the jersey I getting pulled to, from behind. I used to run with my head back. Oh, yeah, you Like, did. Kevy Walters yeah. used to run with his head back, you know? Mm. Like, look, regardless, have we not got technology now? Have we? How many times have we seen calls overturned now because of the bunker? Yeah. It didn't get it. Why, why didn't someone say, no, no, he had his jersey? Touchy was there too. Touch judge is right there. Like, everybody, like, there are that many oh, official eyes on it. And I, I just, I'm not going to cop Graham Ansley coming out saying, oh, the referee's in a no-win situation. No, mate. You've got, you spend how much money on a bunker? I'm yelling at a cloud again here. Yeah. <laughs> you become woogie. It just annoys me that that, that that it's just like, oh, no, we're, we're doing the right thing. Like, mate, it was a typical politician speech. Mm. And it's not right. Like, get it right. Because, you know, you've got fans paying good money to watch the game. It's hard for the supporters. bunker to call on that on the run, but. Isn't it? Admittedly. No, but okay. So he gets tackled. He's, he's on the ground, right? He blows a penalty. Bunker goes, mate, he had his jersey. It's not a penalty. Make him play the ball. Like how hard to do that? How many times have we seen that? Uh, knock on. Oh, no, there wasn't a knock on, mate. Play the ball. Oh, no, go back there and play it. Yep. Like how hard is it to do that? that? Like that put Penrith in a, an attacking position in the game. Mm. Like critical time in the game. Like it's not it, – that those decisions should be able to – you should be able to overturn them on the run like we see them with – Dropout calls with you know tries that are uh, re-looked at, you know that sort of stuff. It needs to, they need to get better at it. Yep, I think a lot of Panthers fans would have been happy if that was play on. Of course, well, um, well, you see him grab the jersey. Like at the end of the day, like I'm not, I don't care who it is that that, that was in that situation. There's a lot of fans like you know carrying on about Jerome Lewis because he's polarizing, right? He's a bit of a polarizing character. People either love him if you're a Penrith fan, you love him. Most other people they want to go at him because he's you know he's Larry. I love him. I, I think he's got a great. Me too. Yeah. I think he's got a great character. But the reality is, like that wasn't a penalty, and it was a critical time in the game, and yeah, potentially. Like, they end up losing the game, Newcastle, because of it. I think Jerome Luo would have got up and played the ball. I don't think he would have expected a penalty. It was just beneficial. Well, you see his jersey slide back. Yeah. So he knows he had his jersey too. He mm. wasn't just grabbing his hair and holding him on by, holding on by his hair. Holding on by the reins. <laughs> All righty, number two, just on Jerome Luo. Yeah. Boys, if we were picking a Blues team next week, like tonight for next week, who would be the Blues 5-8? Jerome Luo. Oh, well, there's Nico Hines. Cody Walker's been really good as well. He was mm. good in the second half last week. Mm. Um, got on form? Points. On form? Yep, on form. On straight out form. form. Uh, if you're picking the best 5'8 in the game right now, it's probably Cody Walker. F- followed closely by Nico Hines, in yep. my opinion. Mm-hmm. And third is Jerome Law. Yep. Uh, I, ju- I, just don't, I just don't see him playing to that level at the moment. Um, the combination that he has with, with Cleary, obviously um, it's a it's – a, it's important, but how often do you see Cleary passing the ball to Lua? Oh, that, yeah, not as much as what we used to see in the past, but still it's just the, the ability to communicate without actually talking yeah. in origin, which is really important. It is important, but, I, you know, you look, look at the, like the All-Stars game with the Nico. Goes mm. in there with a bunch of strangers, absolutely has a whale of a game, blinder. Like He's got such a great running game. He's got such a great passing game. He's got every string to his bow that you need, and I think he's gotten better. Um, 
the advantage, obviously, is is the combination. But how good has the combination been at Origin level? Yeah, well, they've lost two of the last three mm. New South Wales. So, do they need to make changes to those Penrith players, which is you know Isaiah Yo, Cleary, Luai, possibly a Crichton who will go in there as a possible wing solution? Uh, Liam, Liam Martin. Liam Martin's out injured. Oh, he's yeah, injured. he's hamstring done his hamstring oh, no. again, and then you've got. Brian Toto on the wing as well. So I think Luol will get it. Just on that, uh, Mark from Prairie said his his Blues team would be Tedesco, Toto, Latrell, Turbo, Suoli'i, Luai Cleary. Yeah, I agree with all that. Yo, Murray, Olakowatu. Yeah, I agree mm. with that. Haas, Cook, Trebojevic. I agree with that as well. Mm. Well, on the bench, Hines, Frizzell, Bolo, and a Saifidi brother. No, Hudson Young. You know what? He's going to fall into that category of – Victor Radley, Cam Murray, Hudson Young. You can't sort of fit, can't fit three small in. forwards in a and and in a you know, we, 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 you know uh, you you got to consider like we're six weeks out. Angus Crichton. Yep, he came back on the weekend. Yeah, eighty minutes. If in he com- grade. if he comes back and you know in a week or two's time for the Roosters and has has a month of just barnstorming footy, you got to think. Well, you know, you got to throw him in the mix as well. Mm. So. They've 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 got they've got a few good players to sort out and you know invariably they tend to change each year and Queensland beat them so <laughs> happy days. All right, boys. Number three, your good friend up Tot- north, Toddy Payton. Toddy Payton not mm. gone too well this year. Well, he hasn't spoken to me for a year, so why is that? Him, might have to give him a call, eh? Because last year I predicted they come last. And well, so from that day on, he won't come on the show well, you just until go, I pay Peter Bedell a hundred dollars. Well, you just tell him that you 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 were just mixing you were, up the year. You, were, you were seeing into the future. Oh, it's going to be the, the no, year. I still after. got faith in him. So <laughs> yeah. So what's going on there, boys? A five loss, two win record after seven rounds. They're currently sixteenth on the ladder. What do you think's going up? Well, uh, a lot of injuries first and foremost. So mm-hmm. no continuity. Have yeah, it breaks down your fluency and your rhythm. Mm. Um, Jason Taumalolo, we, we've now learned he's out for six weeks. He's been playing injured while Cotter and, and uh, Nanai and Co have and been that, out. And that's been recognisable in his stats. Absolutely. His stat line. It's, it's all in your defence. doesn't matter how many points you score. It's all about being able to withstand points. Now, last year, after 25 rounds, they – 361 points they conceded, an average of about 14 points a game. I mean, that's – that's top four. You're playing. That's solid. You're playing for a grand final day, and, and they just missed out this year alone. In seven rounds, they're conceding 21 points. You're you're really just scratching at the surface if you're conceding 21 on a week. Yeah, I, I was just looking at, at their just just trying to sort of put a finger on something. That that's well, yeah, that because l- I, I a lot just, of players have played in the World Cup, and maybe they haven't handled that better than other clubs. So. Yeah, I, I was looking at. Um, it's all between the years. I Whatever mean, it is, it's all between the years. It's got nothing to do with physicality. On the weekend, they had fifty six percent of the ball, so they had they had the lion's share of possession against the Cowboys t- against the Warriors team that they weren't great with the ball. They 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 gave them plenty of opportunities yep. to score tries. They they struggled to convert tries, but one of them one of the more sort of telling stats for me. Was their missed tackles? How many? They missed thirty-seven tackles. Mm. I mean, every time, and and it doesn't. I mean, look, is that the be all and end all? Like, well, they had the lion's share of the ball. The Warriors only missed sixteen, less than half of that, and they had forty-six percent of the ball. Yep. Thirty-seven missed tackles means thirty-seven other blokes have to do your job for you, mm. and that starts to tell on you as well. Does, in terms yeah. of tiredness and, you know, getting yourself back into the line or when you get the ball in attack, you know, trying to get yourself into position. Um, 
they've got a lot to fix up there. I mean, well, I don't know if they've got a lot to fix. It might be just some little attitude things. That's all it is. It's all between the ears. That's all it is. And, mate, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I see it as a very long road back, mate. I, I I'm going to have. I'm tipping them they're not going to make the eight. Tony I'm, Payton will never come on this show. I am <laughs> putting my hard earned at $4.50 that they'll make the eight. Hey, really? Yep. Hey, they'll go on a run. Just, okay, just they'll gamble responsibly. Yeah. I, I'm, I just, I look at the ladder sets, I look at the ladder, and it's, you, you look at the teams that are above them. Yep. And you look at what they got to get through to get to. I mean, man, they've played the Warriors, you'd expect them to win. They've played the Dolphins. You would have expected them to win that. I mean, they've played many games. Well, they've played a few games to date this year that you'd think, oh, that, that they'll bank the two points there. They'll bank the two points there. You look at their road ahead. I just, I, I can't see them climbing through them. Mm. I, I really can't. At this, in the way that they're going, certainly not in the form that they're going. I, I don't, I don't think they're going to make the eight. This is off the bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Queensland is your place to race this year. Yeah, um, we're getting closer to the Winter Carnival. I can tell you that much. Rat plenty going on in, uh, in Queensland in racing. It looks like all of the focus down south is over and done with. So now it's our turn to get out of our way. That's all yes, I can yes. say on that. Queensland. Queensland is your place to race this year. What are you really gambling with? Chris Nelson. Hello, mates. Hello, guys. Uh, yeah, you're right there, Jase. Uh, move over, uh, Southern States, because we are about to take over. Uh, the the mm. carnival officially begins next Saturday with a Group 2 victory stakes, the highlight, but some cracking racing at Dooman coming up this Saturday. Thanks for telling me about Prince of Boom last week, so, but I'm not going to miss Golden Boom makes no. its return this weekend. No, you won't. Golden Boom goes around in race number nine. Now, this is the race of the day. Could end up being one of the races of the carnival. The, uh, the Mick Dittman plate over 11.10. We've got Golden Boom. We've got Chinny Boom. We've got all sorts of horses coming from all over the place. Quite a few from uh, Sydney uh, trying to win this race. It's going to be an absolute ripper of a race. Worth waiting for the last. And yours, Jace, got a terrific chance. Uh, I think you're going to ask me how it goes fresh. Well, it's only had the one prep. And it did win by six and a half lengths on debut. So there you no, go. Nelson, so you, to, you told us about a horse that was coming up for the Doombin 10,000 and it slips my mind. You said it wasn't confirmed. Giga Kick. Confi- yeah, Giga Kick, that's right. Is it confirmed yet or not? Not, not 100% yet. Not 100%. Giga Kick, of course, won, um, won the All Age, the group one at Randwick yep. last Saturday. Uh, not confirmed, but they've just given Giga Kick a bit of a break, see how he goes, and then uh, probably be coming up here. I, I would say... Unless something goes wrong, we're 99.9% sure of seeing him in the Doomba 10,000, which will be fantastic. Mm, so what else is happening over the weekend, mate? Well, we have meetings at uh, the Aquas Park Poly Track on Saturday. We race at Dolby. There's a Dolby picnic meeting on the mm. Saturday. That'll be a good What atmosphere. would you pack so for your picnic in, in Dolby? <laughs> I don't know. I'd take a few Probably apples to feed stuff. the horses. <laughs> <laughs> Sandwich, a few beers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, drink responsibly, yeah. I reckon of course, of course. Dolby, did you say a horse of course again? What is this, an episode of Mr. Ed? <laughs> Mr. Ed. Uh, you'd take long necks to Dolby, wouldn't you? you oh, you, yeah. You're not taking stubbies. You're taking no, long necks. No. You're not taking any of those cruiser drinks either. No, none, no, <laughs> no, none, no, none no, of that stuff, Matt Rogers drinks. No, <laughs> no. no please. <laughs> 
say. Dolby, uh, where, where else? Dolby, the Gold Coast Poly Track, uh, and the Sunshine Coast on Sunday. Not a lot of uh, tab meetings over the weekend. There's three other meetings, though. Julia Creek, Longreach, and Yapoon. So if you're in any of those areas, head on out and enjoy your day at the races. Hey, but, I heard um, Patton Hills on um, one day during the week speaking to a young apprentice on the Gold Coast who last week, have a listen to this rat, out of eight races, rode five winners and I think a third. Do, do you know who that is, Nelso? I do. Yeah, it's Bailey Good Wheeler research. is his name. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we talked Bailey about Wheeler. Bailey. Yeah, yeah he, uh, mm. he rode five winners and a third from eight rides last Saturday. He's a really um, he's a really nice kid. We've had him on the punters mate a few weeks ago. He's apprenticed to Chris Anderson at Eagle Farm, and Chris Anderson told us about two months ago. He said this kid will be the leading apprentice in Queensland within a year, and he might be right. The way yeah. he's going, yeah, that's an outstanding. Yeah, it's a good start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mate. Um, tips, mate. Give us something. I need, um, <laughs> I, I like this mare in race five, number twelve, Sweet Margot May. She's been good to me, and I don't see any reason why she can't win again. Uh, nice and fresh. That's the way she races best. She'll be out the back, but she'll be charging home. So race five, number 12. Go back to race three, Maddie. Race three, number five, Al Burke. Uh, there was one danger there that won the provincial race in Sydney during the championship, Spangler. He's been scratched. He's running at Hawkesbury instead. So that paves the way for Al Burke. Race three, number five. And in Jace's race, the last... I'm not saying Golden Boom can't win, but there's one there with some really good form you can back each way, Lady Laguna, number eight. But yeah, I right. love Golden I'm, Boom, so I'm, I've no issue with him winning. I'm backing Lady Laguna for sure, Yeah, just to take Jason down. So, let, let me, okay, so you're, you're following Chris Nelson. You're yeah. going to lose, all right? <laughs> Get on, Don't Golden Don't say, mate, there are people listening to this radio yeah. station that, that – but they trust Chris's, Chris's tips. Don't know why. Yeah. 0457 736 736. Do you trust Chris Nelson's tips? Oh, Jason's, uh, Matty, Jason's the sort of guy where if you have a bad day, he'll tell you about it. But if you have a good day, he'll tell you about that bad day you had the week before. Yeah. No. yeah. Oh, mate. Don't, don't you love those blokes? You give them yeah, a tip, they, uh, yeah, it goes bad. They're the first ones on the phone. You know but what I do to those blokes, Nelson? They get no more them. tips. That's you know, it. mate, I'll have, I might have a couple of beers on a Saturday Arvo and I'll get into Nelson. I don't even text. I call straight into him. So. Yeah. And I don't answer. <laughs> Radio <laughs> Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Uh, go well this weekend, Nelson. Thanks for your time. You too, guys. All the best. Have a great weekend. Right, yeah, that'll do us. Off the bench for your weekends. I hope you enjoy all your footy action. What, it spans over four days. Saturday, Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. Plenty going on. Uh, have fun. Of course, um, Sports Day with Sats and the Rat will be back on Monday night. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. This has been Off the Bench. Uru.